everybody, welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study. We have called off Wednesday night services here at Southside because of Horse Show Week, but we're still going to have Wednesday Night Bible Study ready for you whenever you want to watch it, whether you're sitting on the beach, whether you're sitting uh, in your living room, your office, wherever you are. Uh, we want to have an opportunity to, to share God's Word with you on Wednesday night. So we're going to be in Philippians tonight, Philippians chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 29 and 30, okay? So Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and he's writing to the Philippian church, and he says, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. I think one of the things that, that stand out to me about this passage, and I think it would be instructive for us as fellow believers to kind of understand and internalize and, and normalize in our life is that, um, and I don't believe anybody's under the delusion that living a Christian life is without issue or without problems or without suffering. Um, but he says here that the goal here is not only that the Philippian church or the American church or whatever church you find yourself in at the moment. It's not only just so we have belief and then that just kind of takes care of it or um, is, is the end of it. But he, he, he makes the point clearly that if, if you really are a believer, that by nature, of being a follower of Christ, there are going to be certain things that we suffer through and that we go through uh, in order to show uh, his greatness. And sometimes there's suffering because, honestly, our testimony and our witness puts us at odds with the pe people around us or the, the, the world around us. And that can happen sometimes. But sometimes the suffering that we experience is having to say no to certain things, you know, like I'm I'm not going to engage in uh, watching these type of programs or or listening to this type of music or and and even then that's really not suffering. I think that's that's just really obedience. I think sometimes the the sufferings that the first century church were going through are completely different, obviously, to what we would call sufferings here in America. I mean, the first century church. Their sufferings were for real. They had difficulty finding jobs. They may have been ostracized by their, their family. They may have se severe difficulty uh, paying the bills in their home because of their outspokenness of being a follower of Jesus. They may have um, children who didn't agree with their lifestyle. They may have had parents who didn't agree with their lifestyle and, and again, ostracized them from their family, you know. And also, uh, you don't know, but many of these people who uh, Paul is writing to may in the back of their minds still remember the persecutions that, that Paul himself gave to the early church. And so they may be aware of families or people who paid a great deal of price for following Christ at the hands of the guy who's even writing this book right now in Philippians, okay, when Paul was Saul and persecuted the church. 
many times we don't suffer for the gospel as American believers. It could in the future, without a doubt. But I think that we are hard-pressed to think about what suffering really means, especially in light of our brothers and sisters who are laboring and serving in close countries. And that's why I think we need to be very humble and very honest to say, if, if we've been given such a blessing where we are not persecuted, then, then we need to make uh, it, it, it a priority to, to be sharing kindly with our friends, to be witnessing to our neighbors. But also, uh, and, and, and I don't think this is an accident, that suffering really kind of um, determines or at least reveals and encourages, oddly enough, your faith. You know, we see uh, teams who have been put through grueling practices who come together as a unit stronger because there's a shared suffering there. There's a commonality. And you know when you go through that suffering that uh, your belief is real because otherwise you wouldn't go through the suffering. Uh, when we think about soldiers like Navy SEALs who go through tremendous amounts of suffering in their training to, to get them to where they need to be, you know, they, they don't end up SEALs by accident. They are, they are trained and they suffer for the purpose of coming out on the other side um, being called Navy SEALs. And I think there's, a, there's somewhat of a truth there. I don't think we're military soldiers by any means, but I think there's, there's a common suffering sometimes that we can have as believers that we don't live like the rest of the world, that we don't necessarily raise our kids like the rest of the world. We don't do with our money or our bodies or uh, think like the rest of the world. There's a, there's a difference there. Sometimes that's looked at with admiration, but many times, oftentimes, it's just not. And when those times come, when people deride us and chastise us for the faith we have, do we shrink back and, and even worse, apologize for it? Or do we just say, you know what? We knew this. We knew this when we signed on the dotted line to become a Christian, that this would come. As Jesus said, you know, sufferings would come to us. But are, are we willing to stand under those things and be willing to do that? But And I, and I keep droning on about this because I, I just want us to understand that suffering as a Christian isn't necessarily because you've done something wrong. I mean, this is very salient through Scripture that, that this would come our way. But let's see what it says. He says, For it has been granted that, you, that for the sake of Christ, you know, sometimes... We suffer because of our own bad decisions and poor behavior. When we're suffering because of Jesus, we need to take severe stock of how we are acting, what our heart motivation is, what our mind is like, um, and our attitude in, in sharing the faith. Sometimes we suffer because we were rude or crass uh, with how we shared the gospel. Jesus guaranteed that suffering would come, but he also said that we should do so uh, with, with meekness and with kindness and with all love. If all of those boxes have been checked, if we're doing all of those things that we should be doing and our life is lined up correctly, then when we suffer, we can say, 
You know, I, I'm doing this for the sake of Jesus and not because of any other reason or motivation I may have had. He said, for it has been granted to you, almost as if it's a gift, friends, that you should suffer. It's weird to think of it that way. But if you're suffering because you're a Christian and you're suffering in the right way, not just because you're rude or crass or any of those things, but if you're really suffering because solely because you're a Christian, then praise the Lord that you have evidence in your life of living like a believer. And other people see that and choose to respond to that. It's not always responded well, but the fact that they're responding at all should make you go, hey, there must be some type of fruit in my life that is saying I'm a believer. It says for the sake of Christ that you should not only believe in him, believing in him is good. It's the first step. It's not, it's not the end of the sentence. There's a comma after that. There's more to do. It's not just about becoming a believer. It's what we do when we become believers. So it says that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but do what? But also suffer, not put a period on it, but suffer for his sake. And it goes on into verse 30. And he says, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Sometimes being a believer puts us at conflict uh, with the world. Okay, We are at conflict in a way, but it doesn't necessarily mean it has to look like the conflict, conflict that we generally think about. When we think about conflict, we think about aggression, we think about anger, we think about fighting, mean tones, harsh um, intonations with, with voices, maybe shouting. That's not always what conflict means. Conflict just means an opposing value to yours. So we have a value as believers, and then the world has a value as um, non-believers, and those should conflict with one another. That doesn't mean there needs to be aggression there, or rudeness, or anger, or those type of heated passions. But if you if you claim to be a believer and there's absolutely no conflict in your heart or in your mind with the values that you say you profess versus the values of the world, then that, that might be an issue that you may need to resolve and you might need to pray about that too. There has to be some kind of conflict between what you have in your heart and what you see in the world oftentimes that would reject what we believe as Christians. Now, again, I want to emphasize that conflict doesn't mean aggression. Conflict doesn't mean violence or raised voices or harshness toward one another. It just means there's a difference in value when you compare. There's a conflict between these two things. And so if you're not on a certain level in conflict, on a certain level in suffering for the, for the name of Christ, it might be something that we need to reevaluate in our heart and uh, and ask ourselves whether we're really in Jesus. Now, with that said, I don't want us to go looking for conflict. <laughs> That's not the goal is to go looking for it or to go looking for a fight or to go looking for suffering. That's, that's not our goal is to go seek it out and find it, okay? The suffering and the conflict, they always find us. 
They'll always come our way. We don't need to go looking for it. We, need, we don't need to go pursuing conflict with other people or with the world. All we have to do is turn on our television or log into uh, our social media, and we can find the conflict between our way of thinking and the world's way of thinking. We can find a suffering when we look and we see believers across the globe who are losing everything they have and are uh, losing their lives for the sake of the gospel. That should break our heart, and that should honestly honestly, make us suffer in our heart, knowing that, that believers across the world are suffering in this way. And so our response to that is, how do we alleviate that suffering? How do we work for the, the purpose of God in this world so that his, his name and his glory would be, would, be, would be known, not only to you and your family, but to, to everyone in the world? And does that occasionally involve suffering? Yeah. And are you going to see conflict between your value and the world? Yeah. Or at least you should. Okay. So let me encourage you by this again, that Paul encourages us not only to believe, but to not run from the suffering, but to embrace it, knowing that God is working something in us and doing something through us when that suffering comes. And that when there's conflict, we shouldn't run from it, but we should embrace it, knowing that conflict should be there between our hearts and what's going on in the world. Take heart with that. Encourage that. Embrace that pain, <laughs> if that makes sense. Don't run from it and stick with it and keep relying on the Holy Spirit in those times. And be praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ who are not in the same situation you may be. They may be across the world or, you know what, they may be here in the United States and genuinely experiencing some suffering. We need to be praying for them. We need to be actively engaging in them. And you know what we need to do as believers? We need to take care of each other. We need to take deep, deep care of each other, especially in our suffering. Okay? So this has been Wednesday Night Bible Study with Pastor Stephen. Hope it's been encouraging to you. Hope it's built you up a little bit. Uh, to get you through the, the next little bit of the week. And we will see you this Sunday for worship. Y'all have a great night. We'll see you again soon.